0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. Hey, it's Rick from upstairs. Yeah, I take it seriously. When I play R&B at one in the morning, that's me saying, hey, I'm here for you. And I enjoy repetitive bass lines. I only use expired batteries in my smoke detectors nice right yeah upstairs neighbors help people forget their troubles give them something else to focus on
1: Ooh, want to see how high i can jump
0: progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor no wait let me try again but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and other insurers bundle discount not available in all states or situations
1: welcome to the madhouse chicago hockey podcast postgame show with 670 the scores jay zawoski and nbc chicago's james niveau like it has been so many times this season, it is one step forward and one step back with the Chicago Blackhawks. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast post-game show. My name is James Navo from NBC5 Chicago. Jay Zawoski thought better of the idea of trying to record a post-game podcast when he has to be up at 5.30 in the morning for work. So I, once again, am here to console you and to kind of talk everybody down, I guess, after a 4-2 loss at the hands of the Vancouver Canucks on Thursday night, the second straight road defeat that the Blackhawks have had at the hands of these very Canucks. And before we start getting into kind of the nitty gritty of this game and the positives and the negatives, wanted to, as always, give a shout out to our great sponsors, to Mariska's and Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933, one of my absolute favorite places on the planet, as is Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with two locations in Burbank and Darien. Love their beer selection, love their various types of encased meats that they have there. Definitely going to get something to good to eat there if you head out that way. Also get to give a shout out to Triple Threat Sports. Chris, one of the best guys in the entire business, and he's going to make sure that you look good when you're rocking your Tabo Terravine and Hartford Whalers jersey. Those things are coming, by the way. The Hurricanes have kind of decided that they're going to embrace that Whaler mystique. They were playing Brass Bonanza at their game tonight. They're selling Hartford Whalers t-shirts, which, by the way, if you go on the team's Twitter account, you can potentially win one of those bad boys. So you heard it here from your Uncle James. You go try to win one of those beautiful things. And if they bring back those Hartford Whalers jerseys and they have a throwback night, I'm telling you right now, Jay may end up getting a Hartford Whalers, Tavo Teravine, and Jersey. I might have to pick one up too. Don't tell my wife that. You know, you got to mind your pennies in this day and age. But I'm telling you, I'm probably splurged for one of those bad boys. But anyway, we're not going to get too bogged down in details here. I just spent 45 seconds to a minute talking about how great logos are and how great sponsors are. <sighs> Let's talk about the Blackhawks. How about that? Yay! They had a solid effort in the first period tonight. But outside of that, there was just a lot to... Not like about what they were doing, honestly. I mean, Jonathan Taves had a really good game tonight, drew a couple of penalties, was driving the net really hard, playing with some speed that we haven't really seen from him a lot this season. It was kind of cool to see him kind of open up the taps and to really get going. It really kind of added a new dimension almost to their game. It was really interesting to see that from him tonight. So Kudos to Jonathan Taves for a game really well played, even though the Blackhawks end up losing the tough decision to one of the worst teams in the NHL. Gotta give a shout out also to Alex DeBrincat. Seven shots on goal tonight, his 18th goal of the season. As Steve Conroy pointed out on the broadcast, he is now second in the NHL among rookies in scoring, and I'm telling you right now, Ever since he's gotten bumped up to the top six on a full-time basis, I have really liked what I've seen from Alex DeBrinkett. He's playing with a lot of confidence, playing with a lot of intelligence on the ice. I'm really liking the development of his game in all sorts of different areas. And I've been very impressed with the way that he's handled the... Kind of adversity that he's experienced at times this season. He's definitely been an interesting guy to kind of keep an eye on as he's developed all year long. And I've really, I've definitely liked what I've seen from him. It has definitely been a good year from him. I also have to give uh, kind of a shout to. Uh, David Camp in the fourth line, they had some really good moments tonight. I thought that they played a really good team game. I like the chemistry that that line is developing. I know that it's never easy to kind of be in that position where you have to be on the fourth line, guys like Thomas Yurko who are used to kind of being top six guys, but I really think that that group together has been really interesting and kind of given the Blackhawks kind of a unique wrinkle you know when they're out on the ice. So, kudos to them to the way that for the way that they've been playing. Now. <sighs> now we have to get to the negatives, to the just why on earth does this kind of stuff keep happening? And we have to start with some of the silly mistakes that the Blackhawks made tonight. There were, I mean, there were mistakes that didn't end up leading to anything such as Ryan Hartman who had an edge gained on a defenseman, and inexplicably tried to turn back and create a passing lane when all he needed to do was take the puck to the net. Ever since game, it was probably roughly like game 50 or 55 last season, Ryan Hartman has just had this breathtaking regression from the player that we thought he would be, which was basically a smarter version of Andrew Shaw. And while he he hasn't really, like, gone off the deep end in terms of committing dumb penalties or anything like that, it just seems like his hockey... Intuition It's just, it's gone haywire. It doesn't seem like he's the same type of player that he was when he was coming into the league last season. Really in earnest for the first time. And if we're being completely honest with ourselves, he's had a really down season. And it just seems like he's one of those guys who the Blackhawks might be able sell-off and kind of give an opportunity someplace else, kind of like what they did with Richard Panic. just kind of ship him off, maybe get a guy in here who needs a change of scenery or whatever. I, that's really all you can say about it. I feel like Ryan Hartman is just not going to, he, he's not going to be a guy that I don't think is going to be, he's not going to be around when this team is trying to be good again and trying to compete for a Stanley Cup, if that's indeed kind of the arc that this thing is on where this is kind of the bottoming out point and they're going to start going up as these young kids that they have kind of continue to develop. I just don't see Ryan Hartman being around when that upswing uh, starts back up. I also was not a big fan of the defensive communication or the lack thereof tonight. There were several instances in which there were breakdowns that led to really good chances by the Canucks Obviously, the big one was the uh, third goal by the Canucks when Jordan Osterley just kind of took off from the front of the net, leaving Sedin wide open with Duncan Keith trying to guard two guys at once. It was just a really ugly play. It's not the kind of thing that you want to see from a pairing that has really played quite a bit of time together. You would think that their communication would be a little bit better at this point, but... Whether Osterly, like, kind of gave Keith a signal that he was leaving and Keith just didn't see it. Or maybe Osterly just went without telling Keith and kind of assumed that he would know. Whatever the case is, you've got to communicate in that situation better. And they frankly didn't. And it obviously ended up costing him a goal. And it looked just really ugly in the process. Blech. Just a <laughs> A lot of a lot of bad there. I also was not all that impressed with the efforts of guys like Artem and Isimov tonight. I thought that third line looked kind of shaky at times. I'm just not really thinking they're finding the chemistry. And unfortunately, it's probably going to end up coming at the expense of that fourth line. Because I'm betting that Joel Quenville is not going to want to take Brandon Sod away from Patrick Kane. And I'm willing to bet that he's not going to want to take... Alex DeBrynkit away from Anthony Duclair. I get the sense he's probably going to keep those guys together. And with good reason, they've had quite a bit of success and they've looked really good together. And I feel like they've been ultimately very good for Jonathan Tabe. So the only, op- the only option he's really going to have is to break up that bottom six and to kind of reconstitute it. And it's unfortunate, but you have to try to get... That situation right because you want to get that depth scoring you want to have that ability to roll four lines that can at least be somewhat of a threat so that was another thing that I really wasn't a big fan of tonight and finally (sighs) Henrik Sedin man I am not I'm not one of those guys that like rags on the Sedins all the time you know calling them divers or whatever else they've been referred to as in NHL circles, but man, Henrik Sedin might win an Oscar for the dive that he put out tonight that ended up getting Ryan Hartman thrown into the penalty box. Pat Foley noted Sedin hater, by the way, probably the sharpest vendetta against the player that he has right now in the NHL is against both Henrik and Daniel Sedin. He was right on when he called that out. That was a blatant dive that the NHL is absolutely going to call Henrik Sedin on and fine him for that because it was just completely ludicrous it was just god-awful in every sense of the word kind of do some quick hits here before we wrap up also wanted to point out that I think the crowd mics may have been broken in Vancouver because I'm telling you that arena sounded dead they, and that's not something I normally say when it comes to Vancouver. And I know they're not very good this season. I know they've had a rough go of it as of late, but it just it did not sound like there was a lot of zip in that building tonight. And I don't know whether it was the maybe the crowd mics weren't turned up or whatever it was, but dang, things were not going well there for uh, crowd noise in Vancouver. So really would have liked to have seen more, I guess, energy out of the crowd. I don't know. I um, also have to give credit where it's due to the Vegas Golden Knights set a new NHL record tonight with their 34th victory of the season, sets a new record for expansion teams, and we still have two months to go in the season. So I'm guessing that uh, regression that I was kind of predicting earlier in the season, it's got to come any day, right? Right? It has to come any day. I <laughs> I don't know, I I cannot even form coherent thoughts about the Vegas Golden Knights anymore. It is simply, it it is without without fail the most intriguing expansion storyline that I think any of us have ever seen in our lifetimes. It has been truly a blast to watch them play. And Blackhawks still have a game left against them this season, so if you have not really gotten a chance to see Vegas play, highly would recommend doing that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. It it was a very... Just a disappointing night overall for the Blackhawks. I feel like they left two points on the table that they could have used in their uh, effort to claw back into this playoff race. I mean, if you want good news, there is a little bit of good news. Nathan McKinnon is going to miss some time for the Colorado Avalanche. Unfortunately, the Abs were winners tonight, so they... Gained ground on the Blackhawks, as did the Dallas Stars and the Nashville Predators. All three of them won tonight. The uh, St. Louis Blues did end up losing tonight, three to one to the Boston Bruins, and yeah, just not a not a great night for them. And uh, Winnipeg also, as I mentioned, lost to Vegas. So. That is, two teams in the Central ended up losing tonight. Three ended up winning. Obviously, the Blackhawks need some help if they're going to get back into this race. So, they're not getting it right now, guys. They need to get it at some... Oh! I apologize to Salsa Shark. He's probably going to listen to this podcast and think, Oh, James totally lied. He did not get to the question that I asked him on Twitter after the uh, game ended tonight. He asked me... Who is the Blackhawks' best defenseman right now? And it inspired quite a storm of controversy and conversation in my mentions. A lot of love for Eric Gustafson, shockingly enough. Brent Seabrook got a little bit of love. Apparently not a lot of people feeling the love for Duncan Keith right now. It was kind of interesting to see that. But I will say that I think Duncan Keith probably by default is still the best defenseman on this roster, even though this has not been his best NHL season. And I would venture to say probably one of the worst that he's had since he began putting on the Blackhawks uniform. So I'm going to stick with Duncan Keith. I am also going to say that I have been very impressed this season with the flexibility and with the adaptability of Connor Murphy. I know that we kind of gave him some crap early in the season. It looked like he was a little bit slow to adjust, but I do honestly think that Connor Murphy, since he came over to the Blackhawks, has given them pretty much exactly what he was advertised that he would give them, which was an added dose of speed and a top four guy, basically. And he's been that. So I guess by that measure, in terms of living up to expectations and maybe exceeding them, maybe you have to say Connor Murphy is their best defenseman right now. I mean, I think there's a very compelling argument to be made that he got switched to his offhand and is still playing incredibly well. Maybe he is. I'm going to let you guys kind of argue about that amongst yourselves. I'm sure Jay will have some thoughts on that. He will be handling your Saturday post game after the Blackhawks, hopefully beat the Calgary Flames to wrap up their road trip. We will do another podcast early next week. There's also rumblings potentially of an Olympic preview. Not sure if you guys are uh, going to get down with us on that, but we are all aboard with Team USA, obviously. So stay tuned for all of that next week. And on Saturday, thank you guys very much for listening to the podcast. Thank you all for being just, just the greatest listeners that any guy could ever ask for. I will talk to you guys again soon. This has been the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show.
0: Go to hellobonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's hellobonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.